0: Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve.
1: Out of the darkness and into the light and their experience uh, in recovery. Yes. Oh, I want to... Yes, thank you.
2: I've been asked
1: uh, by someone who will remain anonymous uh,
2: to,
1: to remind everybody that anonymity is a spiritual... Principle of this program, and uh, you know, we want to protect the newcomer particularly, and and everyone. So, what we say in these rooms stays in these rooms. So, let's let's respect uh, respect the principle of anonymity. Okay, thank you, Gene Silver. My name is Gene, and I'm a recovery member of Essanon, and. uh, I don't do really well after dinner unless I've had a ten minute nap. But I guess that's
2: if it's so. If I uh,
1: it snooze off, why well, don't don't pay any attention to it. And uh, I want to tell Brad that uh, you know we only contracted for a hundred, and since you went to one hundred and fifty five, we all raise the rates. But. Uh, since, uh, we don't know what the rate was anyway, it doesn't make a difference. Uh, we are, we are grateful and, uh, to, uh, to have the opportunity to, to be here and to, to share our experience, strength, and hope. And, uh, the, I, I guess, uh, the greatest thing that uh, has, has come about, uh, since we have been in recovery and, and probably the greatest lesson I've learned is that it has been uh through our weakness that uh we've been able to uh have our greatest strength and uh our strength is the uh fact that uh, we've been able uh to share and uh for I have to tell you for for me in particular because even um well we had been married uh, for twenty seven years before we got here. I was a pretty secretive person, and uh, that was pretty much uh out of necessity i I lived uh, several different lives, and uh, I didn't want to share too much of that with anybody, including my family and so it, it was uh, it's it's a lot of progress for for me to uh, uh, basically i guess to tell you and to admit you know, uh, how sick we really were, and we, we didn't know that. Uh, uh, somebody said once that ignorance is bliss. Well, we, we had a lot of bliss in our family. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we kicked that old elephant that laid out in the middle of the floor uh, a lot of times and walked around it and did everything in the world uh, to uh, to ignore it and uh, to ignore uh, the multiple addictions that were were going on in our family and uh, i uh, i spoke to the Essendons, uh this morning uh, and most of it had to do with uh, my uh, uh, personal uh, Uh, journey and and my recovery and and through childhood and so forth and I got carried away and I didn't get a lot into recovery and uh, that happened to me the first time I made a podium talk about a year Uh, and been in recovery for about a year and I had a whole set of notes and and that kind of thing and first off I I knocked them off the podium they fell on the floor and they was on cards and they got all messed up and then I got to talking and uh, I looked down and hit my watch, and I had already talked about uh, 47 minutes of the hour, and I hadn't got out of high school yet, you know, so, uh, sometimes that happens, and it, I have to blame it on senility these days, but Sylvie generally makes me uh, talk first, uh, and then that saves her some rebuttal time, and, you know, uh, and it's... Uh, it's really strange how two people in the same household can uh, see things in a different light, you know, or perceive things in a different light. I'll, I'll put it that way. But uh, uh, my, my perception basically was that, uh, you know, uh, I had uh, married this child bride. I, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, it was shortly after. Uh, she got out of high school, and I had already turned to the age of legal consent, and she said something of the ones we were with last night. In today's time, uh, I would have probably been charged with some kind of sexual misconduct or something. But uh, nevertheless, uh, we uh, uh, we were married at an early age, me 21 and her, her 17 and a half, and uh, uh, along uh, came our, our first child. Not too far after that, uh, and you're all aware that uh, you know the first child can come anytime and it takes nine months to ten months for the second <laughs> one to come along. And uh, we've had uh, we've had two, been blessed with two uh, two wonderful children, uh, a boy and a girl, and uh, uh, they they come up in this household, uh, and it's you know it's so. Uh, uh, I, I guess it's strange, I guess it's uh, pretty normal happening that uh, children, uh, even though they come through the same environment, uh, some get hooked and some don't. They tell me that uh, there is a lot of linkage uh, to uh, our diseases, to heredity. And uh, if uh, if any of that is true, I'm a pretty good example of the fact that uh, my father w- was an alcoholic, my uh, uh, my three younger brothers uh, were all alcoholics. Only one has really admitted that so far, and working in a program. And as far back as we can trace in our lineage, and uh, on Sylvia's side of the house, uh, the uh, the same thing. And. She came from an entirely different background of, uh, church people raised up in, uh, in religion. Uh, her, her father was a minister, her grandfather was a minister, and so forth. So, I guess the only thing that that goes to prove, uh, is, uh, the fact that, uh, these Diseases that we have is no respecter. Uh, number one of uh, of breeding, heredity. Uh, you know, you, you can be uh, uh, you can either act out on silk sheets or down uh, underneath the bridge. It doesn't make a bit of difference. And uh, I, I've i been uh, I've experienced that in, uh, in in our recovery and so forth. I. Uh, uh, as soon as we uh, uh, were married uh, i I'd already uh, uh, as an and as an I told the uh, group this morning uh, uh, i'm a very very controlling person uh, and uh, you don't have to rebut that <laughs> it, that's uh, that's a part of it and you know as long as the family, as long as everything ran my way, you know, everything's okay, you know, and you do know what I do, but I, and one of the ways that, uh, I, I was abusive, uh, to my children, uh, to my wife, uh, to my children physically at times, to my wife, uh, at, at a minimum, uh, verbally, and, uh, you know, I, I was the abuser. Uh, I, I was the person uh, that did all these things, and for a long time I blamed that uh, on my alcoholism, but that was, uh,
0: that was what I did.
1: But uh, as uh, we had uh, on our 25th anniversary, uh, wedding anniversary, our daughter threw a big party for us, and it was one of those uh, affairs that uh, uh, you know, was was totally out of line. I had no idea. I had to write the check, but I had no idea how much she spent on booze and all that kind of thing. And that was just the kind of uh, dysfunctional family that we were. And uh, so, a couple of years later, uh, on down the road, as this daughter of ours, who was our second child, got into uh, uh, some habits that her father. Practiced uh, since he was an early teen, and uh, uh, I think young people, and I know our daughter did. uh, She wasn't uh, just an alcoholic; she used some of those enhancers that that got her uh, to the point uh, before she was twenty years old that uh, uh, she got into trouble. And uh, uh, Sylvia said, "You know, we are going to get some help for her." and you know that was the one thing that we had in common that we didn't have a battleground over was our children, and uh, so I didn't want to go. I didn't want to do anything. That was her job anyway. She was supposed to be raising the kids, and if there's anything wrong with the kids, it was her fault anyway. You know, and uh, because it wasn't I a good provider, and you know I put groceries on the table and all of those kinds of things. I thought that was all my my only responsibility. And uh, that tells you how much I know about relationships, or how much I knew about them before I got here. And uh, so, uh, uh, when we got, uh, we credit our daughter with you know, our, our initial uh, uh, forte into recovery. In the early 1980s, and we made that round of treatment centers, and, uh, first my daughter, and then myself, and then, uh, then Sylvia and my daughter again, and have So, uh, we, uh, we spent a lot of good money, uh, or at least our insurances did, and, uh, and getting us a, uh, a kickoff to this deal. And, uh, I I didn't like it then, but I tell you what, it was one of the greatest things in the world that ever happened to me. It got me out of the the cycle of life for long enough to be able to look and see what was going on and that kind of thing. And then when we got out of treatment, we had to, uh, to come back home and face each other. And uh, you know, uh, neither one of us uh, really knew how to act. Uh, I can tell you when I went down to be a significant other at her treatment. One of our chores was to sit across from each other and hold hands and look at each other for fifteen minutes, and we never did make it past five minutes. You know, uh, we couldn't do that. That's that's the kind of relationship uh, we had when we got to this program. And uh, so, uh, when uh, Sylvia found out and uh, her niche in life and what her uh, uh, addiction was and, and so forth. Uh, she seemed to uh, be elated over it, and uh, I was very distressed over it. Uh, I was distressed because how could she do this to me? You know, this is my deal. You know, uh, it, it was embarrassing and whatever uh, for uh, for me to even have her around uh, our AA and Al-Anon friends. Uh, and the word uh, sexaholic uh, was still a dirty word uh, uh, back at that time. And so uh, SA came to Oklahoma City uh, and started out and uh, as I told you well, this morning a few of us got together we, we began working the anon program and the only literature we had of course was the Al-Anon literature and, and things have really progressed uh, since that time. We've got some of the best literature uh, around as far as recovery programs are concerned in Essendon, and I'm uh, really grateful uh, for the people who have worked in this area and uh, and and furthered that. But uh, we uh, we spent uh, the first three years of our recovery were the best and the worst uh we uh we we made some progress uh i think probably more individual progress than than we did couple chip progress but uh at least we hung in there and we went to counseling uh uh we uh we kind of got on the uh conference uh circuit and we we went to all kinds of conferences uh we uh went to uh uh, almost any kind uh, of recovery function uh, that we could go to. And the, the reason being was to, uh, a lot of for me, was to fill that void that uh, uh, I'd had when I was out there uh, doing my thing. And uh, our, uh, our social life consisted of uh, going with other recovering couples to conferences or to open meetings and that kind of thing. And it just took a long, long time for us. And uh, even uh, from an early, early time, an early standpoint, uh, I used to see younger couples coming into the program and what have you, and they'd get started, they'd get a jump start, and they would take off, and just, uh, you know, really go with it. And, uh, uh one of one of my things early on and today it really doesn't make any difference one way or the other whatever works for you, let it work but uh was this uh uh, uh it seemed like a lot of the uh, uh people that I was messing on with really wanted to know the details about their essays acting out and uh that when they they would get into that and what have you and the my observation, my personal observation, was the fact that every time I saw that, it just kept opening up old scabs and old wounds and slowed down the healing process. Now, I'm giving you my personal opinion. You take what you want and leave the rest, and like this program always suggested, you do. But it it was enough for me to understand uh, once I was able to uh, uh, internalize the disease concept of sexaholism, just to know that she had it and uh, that it, uh, all the symptoms were there. And, and my first quasi sponsor, Jackie, explained the disease concept to me in terms of sexaholism. I understood. Uh, about uh, alcoholics or uh, drug addicts and that kind of thing. And you could visibly see the uh, ingestion of chemicals and and so forth into their body and what made it that happen. But it was a long time for me to internalize the fact that uh, sexaholism was a disease. Reading the literature, seeing that all the symptoms and all that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, thank God I was able to uh, come to the conclusion that uh, she was a sick person and not a bad person. and when I got through that hurdle and uh, our some of our healing uh, for me really began and uh, I, I I was uh, grateful for that. Every experience uh, uh, that we've had uh, in the program and over the years and, and the people we've met and the role models that we've seen and, and those that we've emulated has been uh, been a blessing for us. And uh, surely, you know, not everybody does it the same way and, and not everybody does it at the same time and you nor know, at the same pace. But... Fortunately, we happened to get on the same track, the same railroad track, and we were both moving toward the same goal and never uh, usually at the same pace. But we were moving toward a common goal, and we had a common purpose, and uh, we had a higher power that had entered our individual lives and had also entered our household, and uh, that we could... uh, See where that goal uh, was going, and and we began to come out of that light. And you know, it was touch and go for a long time as to whether our uh, marriage uh, uh, would last, whether either one of us uh, wanted it to last. But we did have enough. Willingness. Now, I remember us going in to see uh, uh, a, uh, a marital counselor who was a, also had a, a degree in addiction and knew a lot about it. And uh, she said, "You know, uh, you can. Uh, I'll be glad to help you. I'll be glad to work with you, and so forth. But both of you do have to have some degree of willingness." Well, you're wasting your time and your money and my time. And thank God she was open and, and above board with us. And we both uh, uh, professed uh, you know, a desire and a willingness to do that and, and a desire to work on our relationship. Since I didn't know anything about relationships anyway, I kind of visualized this idea that we would, uh, uh, as our recovery progressed, we would uh, be uh, holding each other's hand and go tiptoeing through the tulips and nothing would ever be wrong. and uh, It would be a rosy world that we had never had and, uh, uh, I had forgot that life was out there and, uh, you know, uh, the only thing that we had to, uh, Uh, You know, we could uh, be in recovery and we could work our recovery program. And uh, our recovery programs uh, gave us some tools to uh, manage these problems that that came along in life. And if if we didn't know how to do something and we couldn't get it out of the books or whatever, uh, we had plenty of people to call and and we had plenty of heroes to uh, to uh, uh, look to and uh, uh, to ask questions of and see how they done things and, and so forth and uh, you know i i envied a lot of them because uh, i knew absolutely nothing about relationships and uh, you know a, as a, as a result uh, of this program, just the offshoots, the byproducts, uh, uh, of the program, uh, shortly after recovery, I was very angry at my father. He was, uh, had an eighth grade education, uh, he was uh, an active alcoholic, uh, he never, uh, did much, uh, with the kids and that kind of thing. And, uh, this, uh, my, my father became ill about 1986 and he died in 1989 and, uh, I was able to go by and visit him every day. Go by and spend a few, few minutes with him and, and talk with him and, uh, so forth and it was just, and I went because I wanted to. I didn't go out of a sense of duty or a sense of purpose. I was there because I wanted to go. And the miraculous thing happened, you know. He saw my myself and my younger brother six months later uh, uh, sober up and quit drinking, and he always said, well, if drinking's a problem, quit, you know. And he saw us, and he said, "Well, I don't think I have to do that anymore." And he had no twelve-step program; he had nothing, and and he quit. And he was, uh, I guess, we classified dry for a long period of his life. I quit smoking on May fifteenth, nineteen eighty-four, at five minutes to seven. But who's who's keeping (laughs)
2: track? And uh, you know,
1: uh, for uh, about uh, you know, I I was a very heavy smoker for a number of years, and I quit smoking. My dad says, "Uh, "How'd you do that?" And I said, well, I don't know. I, You know, I kind of just turned it over to God. And a friend of mine and I went to this clinic and we did all He said, well, you don't have to do all that. He said, I think I will too. Well, uh, we were both fortunate. Uh, but uh, the problem was his insides and his lungs and his uh, uh, digestive tract and so forth at that time were already gone too far for healing. But uh, my liver... Which had been, uh, diagnosed, uh, uh, had a huge spot on my liver and, uh, my lungs, uh, were messed up. And this was 1982. I quit smoking. 1985. I go take a physical for a big insurance policy to cover some stuff that, that we would have done. Those things were gone. And this is, uh, at age 48, 49. I, I, I you know, I, don't ask me how that stuff happens, you know. Uh, how do I know. I uh, know. We got into uh, our, our recovery programs and uh, kept hearing the deal: if uh, you can't keep it, if you don't give it away. And uh, I guess we internalized that uh, uh, to the fact and the you know the controlling uh, uh, person, uh, the guy that sticks his head in the barrel before he sees what's in the barrel, and we started. Uh, uh, Recovery program in 1983. Sylvia woke up uh, one night. This is how I perceived it. She woke up one night with a a vision of something to do to a piece of property, and said, "This is what we're going to do, and we need to go see this guy and do it." And uh, we started uh, a recovery uh, program that uh, in 1983 that still continues in in a form that uh, today it's taken different forms in different directions. Uh, over the period of the last 20 years, but uh, we've provided an environment that has allowed a lot of people to uh, to uh, get sober, to get a handle on uh, sobriety and so forth. And uh, that's just been a gift that we, we've uh, received. And... Uh, uh, my gift or the thing, I was the the business guy. I was the guy that put things together and all that kind of thing. And I could go up to uh, w- one of our clients and I could hug them, and we could sit down and talk, and we could talk about anything. And or S- Sylvia was a counselor, and you know how counselors have to do—they have to, you know, kind of go over the book and all that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, I-, I could just enjoy. Uh, the privilege. I could enjoy seeing a person walk through that door who was angry as they could be, uh, there smoke coming out of their eyes and what have you and didn't want to be there and so forth, and remember and see that person three or four weeks or six weeks or eight weeks later and that person is smiling and telling jokes and they're up and laughing and uh, they're out playing and running. I got to see all
2: that. Okay.
1: Uh, I, get, uh, I had the privilege and still today, I ha- have the privilege of uh, of seeing uh, those things. That's Those are my rewards uh, for being in this program. And Sylvia and I are coming up, I never can remember except she reminds me a few days before the date, so I'd be sure that she gets a present. But we're coming up on about 48, 48, 48 years? Okay. We're coming up on 48 year anniversary. Uh, I always want to check that sometimes. I can do some.
2: So it's my belief that God had a
1: plan for us a long time before we ever figured out what that plan was. And uh, that all we had to do was just kind of follow uh, the deal and, and get in here and and, and do our part. And uh, a lot of times I thought, boy, this is a spiritual deal. And I, uh, you know, uh, somebody recommends something and that sounds really good. And let's jump in there and go down that road. I remember... Uh, uh, I had lost a counselor and this good friend of mine came to me and he brought me this real spiritual guy who, uh, if, if anybody's a Baptist, don't take it wrong, but he was a Baptist minister and he'd been in recovery a long time and had a long list of credentials and so on and so forth. Well, and, you know, I explained to him what this program was. Oh, he knew that and knew how it was going to go and so on and so forth. Uh, and, uh, uh, we had this 12-ed girls and 12-ed boys home and, uh, Thought, well, this is going to be the guy. Well, first off, I found out his credentials were bogus. And then uh, I found out uh, that uh, he, uh, uh, the way that, that he was uh, 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 directing the program was not at all in keeping with the way we did it. And uh, I, I said, God, you, you threw me a curve. You know, I, I, th- I thought this guy was the guy. And, uh, you know. And I said, no. And the guy that helped us and got us started and was our primary guy in this program. uh And uh, 1987, my daughter came to me and said, uh, Dad, uh, uh, Tony's sleeping with one of your 16-year-old clients. And, uh, and that's bad enough. But if you're in the treatment business and you have... Uh, you, Your primary counselor that's uh, incestuous with uh, a client. That's nothing that can be any worse from from a business standpoint. And I and I had to go uh, go through all that and go see the people that that sent kids to us and tell them what was going on. We we got rid of the guy, in hard ways. But I, I had a, a strong personal bond uh, with with this guy, and uh, it, it it tore my heart out. Uh, to, to have to do that. But it, that was change, and our program survived that, and, and we were able to go forward. And uh, I don't want to get into too much of Sylvia's time here. So uh, I guess it was Sylvia told me this morning uh, that about 10 minutes she had a loss of words. And uh, I want that on tape so, because
2: uh,
1: uh, I'm not sure that I've ever uh, seen her uh, at a loss of words, but, uh, uh, today the, uh, the lady that, um, I'm married to, I, I, I can, I can hold my head up and, uh, say that, uh, she's a sexaholic and I can say that where it's appropriate and whatever. I mean. And, uh, she don't go around with an S on her forehead and I don't go around with an SA or uh, an AA deal on my forehead, but if it's appropriate, that's fine. And uh, we, we'll do that, anybody. And uh, I just uh, challenge you to to be careful what you pray for, because uh, you know if you if you pray that you know God will put people in your life to help uh, and uh, to help you with your recovery, uh, get out of the way and grab a hold of your uh, exterior, because uh, He'll challenge you in in every possible way. And, uh, every one of those challenges, uh, will be a positive outlook. It may, uh, it, it may thin out your pocketbook a little bit, and it may be an inconvenience at times, uh, to uh, have to do that kind of thing. And, uh, uh, before I close, as I, as I look around, uh, I've got to say this to the, uh, Nashville essays, uh, it took me a while. going to, I, I think I started going to internationals with Sylvia about a year after the deal and what have you. But um, I would go to the s S&I and meetings and then I would dodge outside and I, I would be I very careful not to get too close to the SAs because... Uh, you know, I didn't want to be uh, too close to all those perverts that were in the, in the rooms in there and uh, what have you. But uh, uh, I tell you today that uh, some of my best friends are in S.A. And uh, we've met uh, uh, friends all over in uh, uh, and, and S.A. and S.A. And uh, God, what a blessing. What a blessing that's been for me. What a for for this uh, crotchety old, uh, I, I, I don't like to use too many explicit, they'll throw me out in the room, but, you know, uh, who had, this guy that had his mind made up about how the world was and uh, could look at you and judge you. I, I, my profession was uh, dealing with people, hiring and firing people and all that kind of thing, and I could do that without a blink of the eye. And uh, it wasn't any problem, but, you know, when I can uh, look on uh, another person uh, that is, uh, has a disease and is trying to get well and look on that person with compassion, um, that's, that's different for me. And it's, uh, it's been a major change in my life. And, uh, you know, I can do that. And uh, it, it's not through anything uh, that we've done. Uh, it's because... Uh God has, has put people in our life. He He has given us a direction when we had no direction. He's given us a purpose in life. And, uh, you know, uh, we've kind of been going through a little deal It's called Purpose Driven Life. And I, I kind of smiled when we got down to the end of the deal. And I said, God, how blessed we have been because we've known what our purpose was for quite a while. And, and there really hadn't been any questions. And and, and what our purpose has been. And uh, as long as uh, we can still do that, uh, as long as we can carry the message to uh, those who still suffer from uh, the addictions and uh, uh, the diseases that we know of, uh, then we're doing what we're supposed to do, I think. And uh, when we quit doing that, when we quit going to uh, meetings, when we quit uh, uh, supporting our, our local programs and all that thing, you know, uh, we're through. And uh, we we probably probably won't have an opportunity to keep it. My personal agenda is: I, I have about uh, uh, four committed meetings a week. I catch one or two. Uh, Uh, Sometimes and that's icing on the cake. And we only have two and meetings in Oklahoma City, and one on Friday night and one on Tuesday night. Tuesday night struggling a little bit. (laughs) Friday night, we have it in conjunction with the SA meeting in the other room. We all get together afterwards. We all go out to eat. Uh, We have a good time. We have a lot of fellowship uh, that goes on. We're in the process of... uh, uh, planning the international conference in Oklahoma on July, second weekend in July, and I promise you if you'll come, uh, we'll treat you the best we know how. And uh, I, I promise you the recovery will be good because you'll be there. And if you're not there and you don't come, you're not going to know what went on. And there's not anything you might hear a tape or two, but you, you're going to miss what went on outside the rooms. It's not taped. And, uh, that's what an old sponsor of mine, uh, always told me, you know, if you, if you don't go and you don't go to the meetings and, and what have you, you're going to miss it. And I said, well, what am I going to miss? I don't oh, know, you missed it, you know. And so, uh, that's, uh, that, that's what will happen. So, uh, you know, I, I don't want to threaten you, but you, you'll miss it if, if you're not there. And, and we'll miss you. And, uh, I, uh, I've already, uh, made a lot of, uh, good friends, and, uh, uh, I don't know where Bob is. I saw him around here a while ago, and, uh, uh talked to Bob, and talked to some other guys, and, uh, uh I met some ladies, and, and I heard a dynamite story from one of our, uh, S&Ms this morning, and, uh, I didn't miss it, you know, I, I, uh, I was able to come here and uh, be with you all, and I thank you very much. And uh, I'll turn you over to my lovely bride, Sylvia.
3: I'm Sylvia, and I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic. My
2: sobriety
3: date, 19th, 1983, and for that I am never sufficiently grateful. And I believe that that's 20 years. Um, 10 months and 13 days. <laughs> I had to figure that out after David did this morning. Um, how didn't give me any time for the verbal. I thought for a while I wasn't going to get to say anything about any, any of this. No, I I, I, those names weren't here this morning when I talked about getting married and. And I got married really young. I, I was uh, seventeen. I had, got pregnant the first time I had sex. Had to get married. And I showed up drunk for my wedding. And uh, I was mad. And I was going to get divorced as soon as he, as soon as the baby was born. And 25 years later, we had a 25th wedding anniversary. And and I hated him. And we were going to get a divorce still. Um, <laughs> I started having affairs within two years of of um, um being married and it was all his fault because he was drunk. I mean I wouldn't have had to have affairs if he wasn't out there drinking all the time. You know, it was all his fault. And um so uh he had a car wreck and got hurt and cut his eye out real bad and I was saving my money for a hitman, and he cut his eye real bad, but he had to have plastic surgery to make him pretty, even though I was going to have him killed. So I just want the astronauts to be caught up to date with this (laughs) cereal. I mean, you know, what I used to do is I used to watch the soap operas, and I decided to quit watching them and go live them.
2: (laughs) So
3: I just want you all caught up and on the same page when I go into the marriage part here. And, and, and what I want to do is talk about recovery, I think, more than anything. You have got, you know you know, I'm a sexaholic or I wouldn't be here. So uh, when we started into recovery, we hated each other. I mean, you know, we didn't talk unless we had a sponsor present
2: <laughs> or
3: a group therapy present or a counselor. I mean, we didn't talk. We each had telephones. If we talked, we end up in an argument. And so we go, Psh. I'd go to my phone, he'd go to his phone, we'd call our sponsors. Now, I hope everybody has two telephones. I mean, that's necessary. Hope you all have a sponsor. That's necessary. And the important thing is start working the steps. That's necessary. And so we each worked our own repro- uh, recovery program. Our social life was... As he said, going to conventions and uh, having uh, meals and social with recovering couples. And um, that was all we did for social. Um, We ran this program, um, oh, say two or three years. See, now I committed to um, the marriage for six months. I wasn't going to commit for any year. I mean, no way. Oh, oh, by the way, I took my hit money and I bought me a purse a really pretty great purse, and went to treatment on it. paid for my treatment program and um so I no no longer had any money for my hit man but um anyway we um uh, two years or three years into the marriage, I suddenly realized. That I drove down the road and I saw this divorce for $70 and I thought, well, I'm really not too interested in that anymore. When did I change my mind? I don't know. So it's just, it was a gradual process of changing my mind, you know, of, of when I hated him so much I wanted to kill him to, to when it was just a divorce thought to when I didn't even hear about divorce anymore. And um I only rarely do I think about divorce now like when he cuts down my ivy vines or something like that.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but um and he does that. Just it actually it's my wisteria. He hates wisteria. And um so we um we started the halfway house and and we had bought this apartment just the month before we went into treatment. And um this group of counselors had wanted to open one, a halfway house. And I was sitting there in meditation and I thought, Well, that'd make a good one. So I suggested it and we started and we opened it and it was going good and then Tony molested one of the girls and it was quite devastating to us and we had a million dollar lawsuit against us and well you know we've been through a lot of different things but one of the things this program has given me I want to tell you is that we have uh, been to Nashville a lot back during service days we had all of our service meetings here. And I'd come here, and so I feel like I'm home when I come here. I just feel like I'm back home. And um, one of my first sponsors, Jean P., was here, and so I came and I visited with her. I feel like I'm home here. And um, there was um uh, a monk from... Uh, Milwaukee who came through our city and stayed with us for two, three days and we went walking in the neighborhood and here he is in his robe and his bells and everything and my neighbors were all looking at us, you know, I'm a Methodist and here's this monk. <laughs> Going for a walk with us and I'm a, and um <coughs> You know, I'm a nice Protestant girl and I've had, uh, dinners in, uh, Catholic monasteries with the, with the priests and I've been, I've been so many places that I would not have been blessed to be. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, how am I so blessed to be with the people that I'm with? I have no other connection but this. You know, the only thing I did was, Stop having sex with a man that, you know, being an adulteress. That's all I did, and here I am having all these blessings of, of these wonderful people. Got asked to go be a speaker, and I'm on the way, and I'm thinking, boy, who would ever think that you'd be asked to be a speaker, I, just to tell somebody how to put, act a noun? I don't know that's a ridiculous thought. And so, uh, that's, that's just been a blessing. This program has been a blessing. Um, uh, I've had, I have a friend from, uh, England who comes to see me and she comes about two, three times a year and spends two, uh, a couple of weeks or so with me. So that's been one of our blessings to have that. Uh, Jean and I still argue a lot. And, uh. We were in Ohio a couple of weeks ago, and some one of the one of the people says, "Well, I'm sure glad to see that you two still aren't perfect." Well, that really hurt my feelings because I thought maybe we were telling, showing everybody how you know really well we were, but obviously we didn't convince them too well. Gene um, helps me a lot. I mean, he's just the perfect husband. Um, he does the laundry. He he uh, helps me cook. He he. I mean, he's just wonderful. So uh, a few about a month ago, he made up a list and wrote down everything he does, so I'd be sure to know.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and. Um, I told him I knew he did all those things, and I thought it was wonderful, and I really appreciated it. Thanks. So I bought him a valentine card that had all those things listed on it, and told him I loved him because he did all those things, so uh he, he wanted me to make the list of the things I did, but I, I decided I didn't do enough to make the list, so
2: <laughs>
3: I, I wasn't going to do that, so I didn't. and. um but he he uh, helps me so much, and and um, uh, we have these this wonderful family, this absolutely wonderful family. We have a lovely daughter, and uh, she has these uh, three daughters, and then she's had foster children, and she does. Um, they have they have children, so she ends up being the grandmother to these children, and one of them she's been foster. Parenting, because the mother's been in jail a lot lately, so I have a daughter who does things for people. the one that's in recovery she's got like twenty years of recovery now, but uh she's she's a a helper and a savior for people uh she might could use a program I don't know <laughs> but she probably learned that from me because when she was growing up, I had a lot of kids in my house like that too, so she helps a lot. Um, my son is um hated me when I got in this program. He wouldn't talk to me, he frowned at me, he 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 was just hated me. And he treats me with a great deal of respect and uh he's gone to school and become a minister. He has stepchildren who are lovely stepchildren and um um we have family gatherings that are really, really nice. Uh, when they come, they stay. And used to when they came, they hurried home. They'd stay an hour and just gone. Now they stay and visit, and that's really great. In fact, we took vacation with them, and we're planning another vacation with them. So uh, we've had uh, great vacation times with them. Um, Let's see, what else did he say that I needed to read that along over here a minute ago? I was trying to remember all that, but um, actually, I guess he pretty well told the truth, you know. He was doing okay. I um, I have been so blessed, so blessed whenever Jess came to Oklahoma and told us about this program. He did not, June did not like for me to be in this program. He wanted me to be an alcoholic. And I couldn't be an alcoholic. I could have if I'd stayed a little longer in my drinking. But I didn't make it there. I made it to this one. And by the grace of God, I found this program. And by the grace of God, I was able to find the way to work it. And by the grace of God, I was able to find the people who wanted to work it with me, and by the grace of God, I've been able to walk this road without being alone. Although a lot of my women friends have left, and that's been extremely painful. It's it's really been a lonely road sometimes without the women friends, and um, but I am so grateful because I have my family. I have my friends, and I have this fellowship, and I have life today. I have life, and you have life, and without this program, we don't have life. We don't have it. We may be physically alive, but we don't have life if we aren't working the program. So I hope that all of you keep coming back and keep working these steps and keep calling your sponsor and keep coming to meetings. And don't get too well, because I'll miss you. I don't get that well.
2: Thanks.